0: Everybody and welcome to the episode six commentary for Genesis Avalon. Genesis Avalon. According to Bruce Busby. Hi guys, uh, this is Cat Pride. I am the writer, director, and one of the actors. Um, I play Asara Templari, um, on Genesis Avalon. And obviously, you are here because you have already listened to the episode. episode because otherwise, that is bad commentary yep, yep. etiquette. Um. Says <laughs> me. Anyway, um, welcome to episode six. Um, as you can tell, I am alone today in the ether of pendant. Um, Marley, my normal cohort, um, and the script editor for up through episode seven, um, is unfortunately away, and I waited way too long to ask her to do a commentary with me, so it's my own fault. Um... So, i doing this one solo, which means I will probably ramble. I'm just warning everybody now. See, I'm rambling over this instead of listening to the show. But, um, anyway. Um, so, funny note, um, as we open up this episode of, of, uh, Avalon, um, that is Kim Giannopoulos as Kathy Rossetti, um, the, uh, the Summer Gleason of my, of my world, basically. yes, I had to just say Summer Gleason. Or you can get Cat Grant if you prefer that. But, um, um... Uh, her and John Ladron, who is played by Chris Hackney, the same man who plays Noir, um, are kind of they're my little exposition exposition city kids to tell you what's going on and how much pa- time has passed in this uh, ep- as this episode ev- uh, you know evidences um evidences e- as this episode tells you we'll just go with that um it's been it's been a couple you know I think like a week or something since the fight with Belial and. New York has started to recover. And, and the one reason why I picked New York as the main city for the show is because I'm from the East Coast, and New York City is where most of my family is, so I know the area. We'll but also because New Yorkers are you know, they have that, that whole, okay. we're from New York, and, and nothing will stop us, and we will rebuild through anything kind of thing. And I thought, if any city could handle being ravaged by demons every day of the week, yeah, it's it's New York City. Um, Also, so we have... Tracy Hall and uh, as as Roxy and Alicia, Lane Matheson as Nat here, and um, I love this little scene because um, it's like deceptively nice <laughs> after the whole big first fight, and you know she gets a chance to kind you know Jana gets a ch- chance to kind of talk to her friends and 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 work things out. But by the same token, you can tell that the whole having the lie as Avalon thing does not sit well with her, and that's going to come into play later on in the show. Um one of the reasons I wanted to do this show was because I like I love superheroes but what I like about superheroes is is just being like like the life of one not so much the saving and the rescuing of kittens and people from burning buildings <laughs> but um <coughs> but also how you have to deal with that um you know how how you're going to deal with no. with having the press tail you because chances are somebody saw you come through your own window in costume. Um, not everybody gets to be Clark Kent and change in a phone booth, and not everybody gets to have their own cave underneath their mansion. Um, and, and, you know, with the way that Jaina works, she, her being an actual, you know, warrior who transforms, you don't think about that kind of stuff. You don't go, oh, I should probably change back into my civvies before I go inside. Um, when she was first starting, she was more just, whoa, <laughs> dude, I can fly. And energy shoots out of my hands, cool! Um, I love this scene because uh, I love Julian as a character. Um, Trent Trent knows this, but um, I have a soft spot for him. And Trent has been a doll because I have given him hell with this character since day one. Um, he's had to send back for redos time and time again because I would get a batch of lines and go, I don't think you're trying hard enough. Do it again. Um, but um, this is one of those scenes where, you know, in, in the last episode you saw that Julian had an affinity for Avalon and wanted to help her and is a genuinely good guy when it comes to helping no. her. Because uh, he really, you know, he does, he does a lot to, to help her. And then not even a week after she is healed up and back to business, he's looking for leads on the, on her again and decides to pester Jaina, who time and time again says she doesn't know anything. And then, um... So, so poor Jaina's like, oh, great, I have to go show up or he's going to blackmail me and give my name to the press and then I'm really screwed. And, um... So, what am I, gonna I love the scene, because all you hear is her pacing back and forth, I can see and and Noir and Asar are just kind of watching, I like, can't wow, she's mad. The, um, bridge. the, the, the love-hate relationship between Jaina and Julian is actually pivotal to the show. Um, I, you know, I'm sure you guys have figured that out, um, but, um... I kind of liked the idea of doing the intrepid reporter storyline, but not doing it like Lois Lane. Um, to be fair, poor Julian only gets in trouble if, you know he, when he gets in trouble, it's it's normally not his fault. It's not like Lois, who's like, let me go break into this un, you know this, this secure area and try to make a story out of it, and then get caught by a supervillain. <laughs> um, let's see, where are we? Oh yes, and as this is Hell this is yeah. Julian, someone and um, with Keenan Finley as Bobby, who I just love him, he's yeah, so I fabulous and, and, and fierce. Um, and yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm sorry, Damn, I Martin. just love Keenan's voice, he cracks me up. Um, but um, and then this is Why you know, you, know you also we also have Mark Allen Jr. who plays Martin, not and not I love him to death. Mike and this coffee gag is pretty funny, I have to say. I don't normally laugh at my own jokes, but um, the coffee gag always made me kind of lol Um, cause ha ha. Spitake. <laughs> um, one thing I like about this episode is that it seems so chill. A lot of it has to do with um with the press, and and the fact that they're getting closer and closer to to you know getting a meeting with Avalon, and then and then you know. There's all sorts of stuff going on before you actually get to, you know, well, the topic of the cover. Um, as you can see, the cover art, um, which I just got to give a shout-out to Dan um, because um, I love my cover artist. Uh, if he was available for me to hug and make out with, I probably would on the basis of his awesome. Uh, um, <clears throat> he does an amazing job with the covers. He's incredibly talented, and I love to see what he comes up with every, every uh Every month. He does ask me for input, so that's kind of cool. I've never worked with a cover artist who actually, like, goes, so what do you think about this next episode? But um, we talked about it together, and the end result on it being the cover that you see with this episode. And on that cover is the deliciously evil Lilith, um, played by Kristen Baze. And you've heard her a couple times. She's that really annoying um, British girl that keeps talking to Obsidian. Uh, his, and then that's his, it's his, uh, it's his cohort, basically, Her, his sister. Um, but as you, as you know, Lilith doesn't really show up in this episode until later on, and you know that because you've already listened to the episode before coming to the commentary, yeah, you know. Um, but, um, it's night, it was really cool to see that picture of Lilith, because that's exactly how I imagined her, um, but, um. I really like this episode. Oh, also, for those who are curious, that little whoosh you heard—that's normally Avalon's flyby noise. I tried something different, like like visually in your head. Imagine Julian and Martin were talking on one rooftop, and then we did a whoosh to another rooftop, and then Avalon transformed, and then we did a whoosh back to Julian's rooftop. That's what I just thought I'd let you know that that's what that was. Um, I love the music that Kevin MacLeod has. And so it, it never ceases to amaze me how I managed to find stuff that suits the mood really well. It's quite cool. Uh, it makes me very happy. Um, but um, I like this because Avalon basically did the I'll I'll, I'll, bind, I'll I'll crush your bones into paste kind of threat. But she wouldn't actually follow through. But I won't even lie, people. I'll tell you right now, it was Osara's idea to do this. Um, so that Avalon would look strong and kind of ruthless, and that's because, and that's something. This is something that gets discussed later on in the uh, in the show, is that Avalon's a Celtic priestess. She's a warrior priestess. Occasionally, she's like a you know, or not occasionally. Essentially, she's a paladin, but for the Celts. So that means that her code of ethics is very different from what our modern code of ethics is like so it's kind of cool because you know Asara's is like we'll just threaten the guy. Don't kill him cuz that <laughs> looks bad. But threaten him, it'll be fine. And you know, any normal person would be like who's a mo what's up But um Thank God you don't monologue. I love that. Thank God you don't monologue. And then uh yes, fighting noises. Oh, I love fighting noises. Um for anyone who's curious, also this was an awesome thing that uh that Kristen pulled off was very cool to hear that, um, and get, it gets used again, um, I really just love the way that this battle goes, cause you can just, you can hear it happening on the rooftop, um, I love fight scenes, so expect to hear more of them, um, I try not to keep them incredibly, you know, long, also, the Heshana HaSeth, I won't even lie, that is a takeoff of Parcel Tongue. It's not that it is Parcel Tongue, but I read Parcel Tongue one time in a Harry Potter book, and I was like, that sounds cool. I'm going to use that for something. And so I just kind of made up stuff that sounded hissy and used that for Lilith. So for all of you Harry Potter geeks, you can pretend in your head that Lilith knows Parcel Tongue. Um, I'm so lame. Why are you still listening to this? I'm surprised anybody's listening to this commentary. I probably am talking to myself to, to the internet where no one cares. Um, they're all listening to Group X and talking about fifty five and the end of the world um, but um also note people paying attention for next month the uh, the the thing on Martin's neck is very important um, just that's all I'm saying but um but um I, I there's some major there's some major badness coming up people um just letting you know. Um, this is, I think, like, the last of the light-esque episodes. Um, from basically episode 7 on, it starts getting darker from here. And before I get people yelling at me about how it's a dark, dark show, um, keep in mind, this is a war. And
1: a lot has to happen before, you know, before you start seeing
0: breaks and, 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 and victories in little places. But, um... And, again, here you've got the argument between Avalon and and, and Julian, which recurs throughout the show, where he keeps going, Well, I need to know who you are! You need to tell me why you're doing stuff! And she's like, Dude, it's my job to save people! I don't have to tell you nothing! Shut up! Um... Again, why are you listening to this? I, I like, I'm rambling so badly, I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. Um... Also, that piece of but music that was under that scene where Lilith showed up, that is Lilith's theme. For anyone who's curious, the song is called Serpentine Trek. Um, if you want to listen to it on its own, but I thought it was very appropriate for for Lilith. It's very snake like but um. <coughs> Also, um there is a blooper you will hear at the end in the blooper reel at the end of the season where Laura messes up the words Lilith chick like fifteen times. That is a really hard line for her, apparently. She has a really hard time with the word Lilith in general, as you will find out. It's quite lulzy when I'm trying to write. Adam, right? yes. Also, <laughs> I remember Marley <laughs> commented when <laughs> when she was editing this episode about how, how Jana's all, oh, Lilith's the first wife of Adam, right? And she's like, would Jana really know that? And I'm like, the only reason Jana knows that is because I know that from theater class. And that's because when you do, order, th- when you're a theater major, you learn weird crap, um, stuff that you may not learn in another class. And so I am chalking it up to Jana's fine arts program in, at that school in Pennsylvania, that she stopped going to after, right before the show started. But um, the rivalry between Asara, or not rivalry, but the battle between Asara and Lilith is very pivotal, um, and. I'm just warning you people, all of you people who are, you know, who are going to freak out over, because I keep hearing people go, what about Asara's past? You will find out, but I'm not kidding when I say you're not going to find out for a while. Um, it just doesn't necessarily, you know, come right away. And that's because the story isn't about Asara, the story's about Jaina, and so it's, it's going to be all about Jaina. So, um, wow, here we are at the end of the episode. Oh, dude, the I feel like totally lame for this Laura episode Postless, being so... Well, not the episode, but Kristen my commentary Lange, sounds so blah. Matheson, um, anyway, Hall, so my Ash cast Dull. is made of platinum, Norton, um, Lewis, and my I listeners are also made of platinum. In First fact, you're made of gold-pressed platinum Lundell, um, for Albert, listening to the show. I just want to say to all the listeners out there, you guys have been awesome and supportive so far, and please keep listening. Um, Episode 7 is going to be a crazy train, as is episode 8 and then the rest of the series. Um, But um, hang in there. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Be prepared for all sorts of stuff. And with that, I leave you. Thanks a good night.